Thank you for rocking with the Good Life Podcast, The Kickback. It's your boy, Good Life underscore Russ. Thank you for tuning in every week. Make sure you hit that subscribe button for us. You can find us on Facebook at Good Life Podcast, The Kickback. You can find us on Instagram at Good Kickback. What's up? What's up? What's up, everybody out there? It's your boy, Good Life Russ. How y'all doing? So we're going to try something new with y'all today. I'm going to read uh, a passage from the book that I've been reading, um, a couple pages, just to give you all some insider type of things I'll read. And this book is called, it's one of New York's uh, number one best time sellers. It's called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a FCK. And it's by Mark Manson. Um, it's his counterintuitive approach to living a good life. I love this book a lot. This book has done a lot for me. Um, so we're going to get right into it. So we're on page 137. This um, questions he asks himself and then he works through answering the question. So this one says, question number two, what would it mean if I were wrong? Many people are able to ask themselves if they are wrong, but few are able to go to extra step and admit what it would mean if they were wrong. That's because the potential meaning behind our wrongness is often painful. Not only does it call into question our values, but it forces us to consider what a different, contradictory value could potentially look and feel like. Aristotle wrote, It is the mark of an educated mind to be able to entertain a thought without accepting it. Being able to look at and evaluate different values without necessarily adopting them is perhaps the central skill required in changing one's own life in a meaningful way. As for my friend's brother, his question to himself should be, What would it mean if I were wrong about my sister's wedding? Often the answer to such a question is pretty straightforward in some form of I'm being a selfish, insecure, narcissistic asshole if he is wrong and his sister's engagement is fine and healthy and happy. There's really no way to explain his own behavior other than his own secure insecurities and fucked up values. He assumes that he knows what's best for his sister and that she can't make major life decisions for herself. He assumes that he has the right and responsibility to make decisions for her. He is certain that he's right and everyone else must be wrong. For once uncovered, whether in my friend's brother or in others, the sort of entitlement is hard to admit. It hurts. That's why few people ask the difficult questions. But probing questions are necessary in order to get to the core. Problems that are motivating his and our dickish behavior. Okay, so that actually is all I'm going to... um, leave you with oh no we'll go to question three we'll go to question three so question three would being wrong create a better or worse problem than my current problem for both myself and others this is the litmus test for determining whether you we've got some pretty solid values going on or we're totally neurotic fucktards (laughs) talking our fucks taking our fucks out on everyone including ourselves the goal here is to look at what the which problem is better because after all as disappointment panda said life's problems are endless my friend's brothers, what are his options? Continue causing A, continue causing drama and friction within the family, complicating what should otherwise be a happy moment and damage the trust and respect he has for his sisters, all because he has a hunch, some might even call it intuition, that the guy is bad for her. B, mistrust his own ability to determine what's right or wrong for his sister's life and remain humble. Trust her ability to make her own decisions, and even if he doesn't, live with the results out of his love and respect for her. Most people choose option A. That's because option A is an easier path. It requires little thought, no second guessing, and zero tolerance of decisions other people make that you don't like. It also creates the most misery for everything involved. It's option B, 
that sustains healthy and happy relationships built on trust and respect. It's option B that forces people to remain humble and admit ignorance. It's option B that allows people to grow beyond their insecurities and recognize situations where they're being impulsive or unfair or selfish. But option B is hard and painful, so most people don't choose it. My friend's brother is my friend's brother in protesting her engagement entered into an imaginary battle with himself. Sure, he believed he was trying to protect his sister, but as we've seen, beliefs are arbitrary. Worse yet, they're often made up after the fact to justify whatever values and metrics we've chosen for ourselves. The truth is, he could rather fuck up his relationship with his sister than consider that he might be wrong. Even though the latter could help him grow out the grow out of the insecurities that made him wrong in the first place. I try to live with few rules, but one that I've adopted over the year is this. Over the years is this. If it's down to me being screwed up or everybody else being screwed up, it's far, far, far more likely that I'm the one who screwed up. I have learned this from experience. I have been the asshole acting out based on my own insecurities and flawed certainties more times than I can count. It's not pretty. That's not to say there aren't certain ways in which most people are screwed up. And that's not to say that there aren't times when you'll be right more than most other people. That's simply reality. If it feels like it's you versus the world. Chances are it's really you versus yourself. Okay. I mean, boom. That's what this book is like. Y'all see how my boy Mark Manson talks. <laughs> Buddy is spicy. I love it, man. That So everything he just said in that, that passage, everything he just said in that, um, that chat, the ending off of that chapter, and that was the beginning of chapter six, if you are reading the book. Um, but, but everything he said leading into chapter seven was law, man. That... That allows us to be free. That allows us to hold accountability over ourselves and not blame people for, you know, how we are, for how we move, for what we project, for what we think, for what we feel. Like, we can hold uh, dominion, like, we can hold domain over those thoughts and feelings and ideas. Like, that will make you stronger. That will empower you. You will start to see your growth into that. Like that sometimes is the progression in the journey. Just you understanding like, okay, I usually lash out in this situation. This time I kept my peace. I usually tell a person what they should do in this situation. Now I just tell them what I would do in this situation. You're changing small, simple details about yourself. I mean, the words you speak, a sentence, but the growth is astronomical. Like how much growth you'll see, how much change you will begin you know will begin to happen around you is i mean you can't you can't plan for that <laughs> you can't prepare for that you can't assume how that's going to be you just gotta let it be you know you gotta work on yourself you gotta be aware of how you talk to people how you come off to people and hold yourself accountable for those things you gotta realize when you're being a dick at the party when you're being the asshole i know i use uh the beyonce reference a lot you know when people want a lot of attention or trying to be the center of attention i call them beyonce from destiny's child you know what i mean when they're really michelle's or even latoya's but you know they want to be beyonce they want to be the lead they want to be the head they want to call the shots they want to run the plays if they're if someone's talking i gotta be talking if if there's a decision that needs to be made i'm making the decision like Nah, it had, most of the people projecting that isn't that you aren't that. That's who you want to be. That's who you're like, oh, it would be nice for me to be like this. But you're really a Michelle. Like, just relax. You know what I mean? Have fun on the show. You know, enjoy the trip. And then afterwards, good luck out there. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, stop it. 
And that's humility. Sometimes realizing too, when we're in the middle of a story or bragging or telling people what we just did, just toning it down or just highlighting something good, something someone else did, putting, bringing them into the limelight, not only taking yourself out, but now you're bringing someone else into where now they can grow. Now they can progress. But if you're always talking, if you're always taking, if you're always in the space, other people don't have room to grow. You're taking up all this space. Sometimes it's okay for us not to uh, indulge in a conversation. Even if something said that really excites you or something I would say that really offends you. You don't always have to indulge in that conversation. We don't always have to surrender ourselves to the moment and just let down our guards and our peace just for for uh, stimulation in the moment. Like temporary stimulation at that. And it's not even the best kinds of stimulation. You really want to be stimulated. Get to loving yourself and living your life. Get to putting the things in your life that you actually enjoy and not the things that you tolerate. Give yourself the stuff that makes you smile every day and not the shit that makes you sad. That's going to start empowering you and creating that life to where you will live, you know what I mean, through accountability. You won't have any entitlement. You won't feel like you can be upset with how other people live their life or you try to tell them how they're going to live their life and then you don't like how it plays out for them. Come on. Like, how is that ever going to work for us? If we keep doing what puts us backwards, how do we ever get forwards? So we got to start planting these seeds so things can grow out of it. And then we're not just out here in the field planting a bunch of seeds. It ain't nothing ever grown. Hell, the land's probably barren. Like, <laughs> you know, you ain't even cultivated. You haven't even begun to process to own and maintain something like this. You got to do those steps first. And that's something I'm learning every day. That's not something I've mastered. I'm not perfect in my own writing and things I'm trying to do. But I'm I'm working towards getting at my best. I'm working towards getting to where I want to be. I'm working towards getting to where I'm happy with my life all around. And right now, I've experienced great happiness. And I know what it means to be happy. I know what it means to be depressed. And I choose happiness. So I'm giving myself more happiness. I'm giving myself more peace. And like he said in the book, that's not always pretty. Sometimes that's a struggle. Sometimes when we're speaking on something you want, you got to take what you want. And if you're not a taker, you got to learn how to become one. Get more taker friends who take things for themselves, who take opportunities for themselves, who take accountability for themselves, who take ownership in their relationships and their love life. You got to become a taker. And if you're always a giver and you're always a doer for others, sometimes that's the cop out. Sometimes that's you not living up to your full potential. You're trying to hide in everybody else's story. But we're just cameos in everybody else's story. You're the leading actor in your, or actress in your story. You're the leading role. So you have to do the most work. And we have this misconception of being the lead that we got to do the less work. The lead does the most work. If you're not in here working the hardest, you ain't the lead. And even though you talk like the lead, no, you ain't the lead. You got to be here before everybody. You got to work, study harder than everybody. You got to train harder than everybody. That's when you're able to lead. That's what makes you the best in what you do in your own rights versus you. How he ended that was beautiful. Same shit money back. Yo, been telling y'all, we getting it on all fronts. It's me versus me. It is not me versus anyone else. And this is how I do my research. I read, I study. And sometimes I read books and I don't agree with what they're saying. This isn't about making friends or agreeing. This is about looking at a new perspective. And sometimes that perspective does line up with how we see ourselves and how we see the world. So now I just made an ally. I made a friend. Love Mark Manson, man. I just copped Will Smith's book, um called will and him and mark manson wrote it together so check that book out i'm gonna let y'all i'm gonna give y'all a review on that book we're gonna start doing book reviews um but i'm gonna let you know how that goes 
But all right, y'all, I'm about to head out of here again. This was the subtle art of not giving a FCK. It's an orange book. You can't miss it. It's by Arthur Mark Manson. Check him out. He's one of New York's number one bestsellers. So definitely, definitely get that book. He has a, another book out as well. Um, so make sure you check him out. Make sure you're reading your books and you're researching and you're writing and you're taking notes. Um, this is the Good Life Podcast, The Kickback, baby. You can find us on Instagram at Good Kickback and Facebook at The Good Life Podcast, The Kickback. All right, y'all, I'm out.